it's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I, Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and it is a very special day at Camp Dynasty because last week we talked about the quarterbacks. We got in deep. Landing spots are all known. Broke those players down, but really, we've been waiting for this conversation, Colin, which is the final running back rankings of the 2023 season. It's been a long time coming. (laughs) It's been a journey. And arguably, this has been what it's led up to. You know, this this running back, I mean, we'll, we'll have, uh, you know, the, the wide receivers, but in fantasy football, it comes down to that running back slot at the end of the season. You're, you're digging through waivers. You're seeing what handcuff running back is going to fill in for your injured starter. You're, you're finding out if uh, Wayne Gallman can get you 13 points in your playoff game. There's a name. So we're gonna we're gonna break down our top ten of this running back class, so you can spend a little less time on waivers. Hopefully, when it comes to week fifteen. Top ten running backs. We have been talking about this class. I mean, since last summer, and it it got a lot of press, got a lot of hype deservedly so maybe we're going to talk about that today we've we've broken down these players for many months uh you go back running back rankings 2.0 is when we spent a lot of time on these players as prospects some new names are going to crop up today guys that we haven't really broke down yet on the podcast so i'm excited to dive in i mean man it's like you said, this is the this is the cream of the crop right here. This is the position that wins championships in this game, and this is the sort of class where you can be even a little bit later in the draft and potentially still finding guys that can contribute for your team this season. So we're going to talk about all of them right now, Colin. Let's not waste any time because we got a lot of running backs to talk about today. Start us off. Number 10. My number 10 running back is someone who's familiar to the program. Sean Tucker. He's a, a undrafted free agent to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They gave him a pretty, pretty sizable contract for a UDFA. It is comparable to a fourth or fifth round pick. And... There's not a lot of competition. I mean, Rashad White is a good ball player, but he wasn't a high draft pick in his own right. He is a good third down back, good receiving back, but we don't know if he is the plan to carry the load for the Buccaneers in that backfield. And they bring Sean Tucker in right away, get him off of the off of the board right away after after the draft. So you could say it's an indictment, you know, they didn't draft him, but man, this is a very interesting player. And we talked about him. We talked about the medicals and maybe that's the reason he didn't get drafted, something along those lines. But now we're here. He's on an NFL team. 
and he's on an NFL team that even with Rashad White there doesn't have a ton of competition outside of that. So one way or another, you're going to see Sean Tucker carrying the ball. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just start by saying Sean Tucker is not in my top 10, but he would have been an honorable mention for me had you not brought him up here at 10. So I'm glad that you did because this is a very interesting player. Now, a big reason why he's not in my top 10 is because there is only one running back that I'm going to talk about in my in my top 10, and he's the one I'll be talking about shortly, that I had graded uh, – lower than Sean Tucker. So this was a player that I wasn't in love with in terms of the grand scheme of the class from the get-go. Now, that being said, you see this UDFA status and it's like, well, I mean, why are we talking about UDFAs here? I'd be willing to bet that a very significant portion of what went into Sean Tucker being undrafted is because of the medicals. It is a heart-related issue that is scary especially at a position like this where it is not you know we know the story here and it's not a premium teams don't want to invest heavily into it so a guy like tucker you know you let him slide you let him fall out of the draft and then like you said uh tampa comes in scoops him up as a udfa almost immediately after the draft so um yeah i think there's a pathway here it's, it's a great point that you brought up that rashad white is not a highly touted prospect at all this was a fifth round pick it's a running back that honestly i think has comparable talent to sean tucker just on a base level so tucker's going to come in and compete and as long as he's healthy there is a pathway to touches for him so he's certainly worthy of a of a selection i i i have a fourth round stamp on him right now um take the take the fly Take the flyer on him, man. UDFA doesn't matter. This is a little bit of a uh, special circumstance. Yeah, yeah. I have a late third on him, and you wonder how different it would have been if you're looking at if he went to the combine and participated in all the drills there and lit it up. If this is a different story, it. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what's up with Sean Tucker. He looked really pissed off at that. Did you see the camp photo that circulated around? No, I didn't. No, he actually. looked mad. He, he was like locked in. I liked it. He got the chip on his shoulder now. That's, That's right. dangerous. <laughs> All right. Well, my number 10 running back is actually a player that I had graded lower than Sean Tucker, but I see a pathway to snaps, and he's a guy that I really like in the fourth round this year. It's Chase Brown from Cincinnati. So he goes to the Bengals, right, where everybody is speculating what is going to happen with the Bengals and Joe Mixon. Are they going to take a running back? You know, what we still don't know what's going on with Mixon. He is still on the team at this point. But I think there's enough of a pathway for something to happen, whether that is a suspension or he gets cut or whatever that Chase Brown becomes really interesting because there's not anything else going on there. Samaj P. Ryan is gone. He's in Denver now. Chase Brown, as a fifth-round selection, suddenly becomes kind of interesting. Um, and it's a player that I, I actually sort of, before the draft, thought if there's going to be a Tyler Algier in this class, it's going to be Chase Brown. And it just so happened that he ended up in a spot that could lend 
to that happening. So I like Chase Brown in the fourth round this year as my sort of, you know, I'm going to roll the dice on this guy and maybe get a huge return on investment. Yeah, I have Chase Brown a little higher. Oh, wow. Nice. I do. I, do. I, have nice. I don't know if we want to talk about him later or should I just get into it now? Uh, you can't. Whatever you want, man. I don't know much, how much higher you got him. Well, but. I have him at uh, RB2. So, no. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, so maybe we wait then. Yeah, no. Uh, so I have him at RB8. Okay. So yeah. uh, not a ton higher, but I have him right in the third round. And basically, you could be seeing – one way or another, Joe Mixon is not long for the Bengals if he's cut before this season, like post-June 1st potentially, or if – he ends up off the team next year. The only problem that I have with Jace Brown, number one, he's a fifth-round pick. Number two, he's got a lot of miles because <laughs> Illinois did was not shy about featuring Chase Brown in the backfield. So you're not going to get a ton out of him, but it'll be nice, nice little dart throw late in your draft to get a guy that could be starting pretty soon. So, Colin, I – I've already I've already uh, compromised the episode. Chase Brown is my 11th ranked running back in the class, so I all credibility is gone. Uh, so I next week I've uh, overdrafted two running backs now. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I've, I've overdrafted Sean Tucker as my RB10, and Chase Brown as my RB8. Is what you're telling he, me? Well, yes, that is okay. what I'm telling you. So I now I'm really curious as to which players I have that you don't have in yours. Yeah. But yeah. so okay, I Chase Brown is my 11th ranked player, 11th ranked running back. Want that to be known. I will talk about my number 10 ranked running back right now. That is Zach Evans. So. We're going to just start here. See, this is, I was going to start with (laughs) the guy, my guy from the very beginning. We can go all the way back, all the way back to our, I believe the very first episode of camp dynasty, because he was in my top five overall players in the class before the season in the summer when I watched him and I don't really know what went into Zach Evans being a sixth round pick. Uh, I mean, this is a player that I feel like has enough raw ability that he should have been taken at, at a minimum as a earlier day three player. I figured, you know, he's going to fall into day three. I think we talked about that even on flavors of takes, but I still believe in the talent here. I understand, you know, what the, the the draft process wasn't necessarily kind to him. He didn't test as well as I expected. He wasn't as big as I thought he was. That being said, I still like his traits and his and his talent. So even as a sixth round pick, now one interesting thing about Evans, the Rams traded up in the sixth round. So yeah, it's a sixth rounder. They gave, they only had to give up a six next year to get them. If you're trading up in the sixth, you're at least sending a message. Like we want to get, we need this player, you know, like we don't want to wait to see what happens with this guy. Right. So, I mean, I'm not expecting anything crazy. My, you know, pre-draft grade on him is higher than several of the players that are going to come ahead of him on this list. 
I'm respecting the draft capital and I'm also respecting Cam Akers here, but I do think that Zach Evans should not be ignored. I'm still comfortable taking him at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round this year, uh, depending on how it falls. But yeah, Zach Evans, man, he still has a piece of my heart. He's my RB9. There it is. Nice. So I got him right in the middle of the third round. I got the, the little cluster of these late running backs with Chase Brown, Zach Evans, and Sean Tucker in that third round mid to late. Uh, Zach Evans, I mean, man, Cam Akers has looked cooked at some points. <laughs> there are real moments where you're like, oh, this is concerning. Like three yards per carry concerning. And so you get a set of fresh legs in there, you pass block pretty well, and all of a sudden, Sean McVay is getting you on the field. I mean, Cam Akers was in the doghouse, too, for a while, if you remember. So, I mean, we're talking about RB9 here. But, again, this is a dart that I'd be willing to throw in the mid-third just to have a chance to. And then, even if Cam Akers is the guy... He hasn't had the cleanest bill of health. So you have a handcuff at a position of need that has a fragile starting running back. So I I like this. And he's a fun yeah. player. He is a fun player. And I'm old enough to remember that there was a legitimate Kyron Williams buzz in this backfield, which isn't that. necessarily a ringing endorsement for Cam Akers, who did end the season – on a high note, but yes. we'll see how much of that carries into 2023. All right. I'm done screwing up the list here. <laughs> I have it. I, I I got it all sorted out. So uh, I think you're accounted for. Oh, I, you've, I've taken many of your running backs you off have. the board already here. Yeah, 10, so, 9, and 8 are already gone for me. Okay. So Zach Evans is your 9. My 9 is Izzy Abanacanda. So this is one of your guys, I would say, in the process. You we you know, we talked about him a lot throughout the season. Was very interested to see, you know, what would happen to this player in the draft process. And after his pro day, there was some legitimate buzz about Izzy and and where is he going to go in the draft. Well, he ends up being a day three player. He is a round five selection to the New York Jets. And I think we mentioned this on the draft reactions show that obviously this is a little bit of a value killer because he is behind Brees Hall. The reason that I have him at number nine still is because A, we don't exactly know what the timeline is on Brees yet, or at least I haven't heard the latest. Um, and so there is a, there is potential that, you know, uh, he'll get some work early in the season, even if Brees is healthy and kind of reacclimating. I mean, I still think you're going to get a little bit of Michael Carter and now a Banacanda in there as well. And I think he has potential to become sort of a change of pace player for them. I think that's kind of, you know, a, a good role for him in the NFL, and that might open up to more touches down the line, you know, as a as a strong handcuff. So um, I like Izzy at the at the tail end of the third round this year. 
Okay. I have Izzy as my RB11. Uh, early fourth, I have him at. Uh, that's mostly because, like you said, Brees Hall is their guy. Michael Carter's there in that backfield. And I love a band of Canada, man. I do. But Brees Hall is trending towards being ready for camp. So that's good news for Brees Hall. Not great news for Banacanda, but it is a good scheme. We talked about the ideal landing spots for Banacanda, and we were talking about potentially the Dolphins with the Shanahan run scheme because we felt like Banacanda would fit really well there with the one cut, kind of pick apart, go through that zone running scheme, and then hit your stride quick. And they have some of that with this Mike LaFleur, which isn't Mike LaFleur anymore, but the Robert Sala, Shanahan, you know, they all hold hands. Uh, So there is the DNA of that offense in New York. And then, so it's a nice scheme landing spot, but it's a bad landing spot because there are just too many guys. Too many good players. There are a lot of good players. And and one other thing I will say about Abanacanda, one thing that goes into me putting him slightly ahead of Zach Evans, he's 20 years old. So there is a there's the possibility of him looking impressive as the number two back there yeah. and still, you know, potentially finding his way into another situation later on down the line. So Long-term piece here, not a guy I'm expecting to contribute, you know, this season, but still like the player. Also, the fact that Brees has already torn an ACL, and if Abanacanda just looks better than Michael Carter, it could they could just bring him in for relief because yeah. Izzy had multiple 30-carry games at Pittsburgh where he was just toting the rock. So he's more than capable of handling the load. So if they want, like you said, to either ease Brees in or just give him a season to reacclimate completely, you could see a decent amount of Izzy. Like, it's not going to be overwhelming RB1 type of thing, RB2 even, but yeah. it could be – it's worth a shot. So number eight, I'm, I'm going again because your number eight was – Chase Brown. I forgot. Chase Brown. Chase Brown. So this is a new tier for me. I'm moving up a tier from Evans and Abanacanda. This one does hurt me a little bit, but it's Tank Bigsby. Because I like Bigsby a lot. Uh, I have him graded above many of the players that I'm going to talk about subsequently. The situation is obviously not ideal getting drafted to Jacksonville behind ETN. Now, I will say this is a much different situation than Abanacanda behind Brees Hall. And, you know, ETN is an interesting player because we like what we see out of him. But there are those concerns about the foot injury and about whether or not he can be a featured back at the NFL level. And I think this pick of Tank Bigsby as a day two player, 
third round pick by Jacksonville. I think it signals that they want to do a little bit more of a committee here. And they're comfortable with Tank being a little bit of that thunder to uh, ETN's lightning. So I think there is a pathway for production here. Now, you know, what does that look like? I don't know, which is why I have to have him at number eight. Because the path there is just not clear enough. But I still like this player quite a bit. And I'm taking him early third and feeling good about it. I have him higher. (laughs) What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Who do I have higher? <laughs> oh my god! I don't know man. how this is gonna play out, but you literally have been, we. I've been waiting to have this tank conversation <laughs> with you for months at this point, and you have him higher. I have him higher. I have him late second. Uh, he's my RB six, and man, I Etn has his limitations. We we all know this. He again, the foot is not a one and done kind of thing, and also it's because he runs funny. We I don't know if if everybody has seen the the duck foot that he runs with. He runs on his toes and his feet are point outward, and that puts a type of torsion on his foot that is likely the reason that he injured it in the first place. So. They want to limit him. It's like we were talking about with Brees and Abanacanda, where you might ease Brees back in. They might want to just take some of the load off of ETN in general. ETN, not great at pass pro. Tank Bigsby is good at pass pro. So you could see Tank playing on a lot of third downs. ETN, in my opinion, is better after the catch, but I think Tank is a little better of a pass catcher. So... That's a little bit. And then Tank is a better power runner than ETN. Like you said, he's the thunder to the lightning. So you could see him on goal line every once in a while. They spent high capital on him. Top 100 capital. Like you said, third round pick. He's 88th overall. This is a guy that they think they need. And I don't fully disagree. And I like the role that he's going to play there. So I don't love the player but I like the circumstance quite a bit. Man, we are like, <laughs> we are two halves of a whole here. I yeah. love the player, man. Yeah. I really do. I He ended up as my RB5 pre-draft. And yeah, I, I am excited about this player. See what he can do. <laughs> All right. You're up again. Number seven here. Right. Right. Uh, Roshan Johnson. There he is. Here he is. He's on the Chicago Bears. Yes. He's Thank not you. on the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Uh, apologies for the flub last episode, but, <laughs> you know, stuff happens. It A lot happens, of guys got man. drafted. Um, So, Roshan is interesting because he's in a backfield with Deontay Foreman, who's on a one-year, $2 million deal, and Khalil Herbert who is not tied to the front office at all and was a fifth-round pick with the last front office. So we liked Roshan pre-draft quite a bit, and now he's in a backfield that has an opportunity to be taken. Now, do I think he's going to take it outright and become an RB1 and be the feature back in Chicago and, you know, be – 
put up the numbers that David Montgomery put up when he was healthy for 14 games last year? No, I don't think so. But there's opportunity here for a guy that is very well-rounded to earn a lot of snaps in this backfield. So Roshan is a better pass catcher than a lot of people give him credit for. He does the dirty work and pass blocks, and he's a darn good runner. He's not super explosive. He's not super athletic. But I think he does all the little things well, all the little things that can earn a fifth-round pick from the new regime some playing time. I have him higher. All right. I I really like the player and the situation here. This was one where it really worked out. I mean, I so I have him at number six. Okay. Um. He ends up being a day three player, but, you know, kind of right away where it's not something that I'm going to like, you know, oh, he's drafted in the fourth round. He's done. You know, like it's fine. He is in a situation that is is good for him because I think he's going to be able to get early work there. Like you said, I mean, good pass blocker, good on third down. I mean, he's going to see the field. And with David Montgomery gone, Khalil Herbert is there, which is fine. But I think there is, you know, it'll be a little bit of a 1A, 1B, I think, this season. And Roshan, to me, has the talent to take hold of the 1A role in in this offense. And that could lead uh, to some to some production. Because he, he will be, I would imagine, getting a lot of the goal line work for them as a bigger player. So, um, yeah, I, I, am, I, I love the spot here and it really excites me and I I'm I'm targeting him at the at the bottom of the second yeah I have um the first pick of the third round is where he is on my board mm-hmm. so we're right in the same range yeah yeah him tank Roshan and then my next player all same tier very similar spot in the draft that I'm that I'm looking at them all yeah, I have Roshan, Chase Brown, and Zach Evans all in the same tier. So, so I guess that means I'm up. That means with you're my up. next player. So the the tier here is completed with Ty J Spears. So Spears comes in as my number seven running back, which honestly kind of feels maybe low based on what I've seen. He's been getting drafted like in some cases as a top five running back in the class I've seen. Um, I get it. And I do like the player. Uh, it's just that I, I'm a little bit cons- I'm There are concerns with the knee and also the fact that Derrick Henry is still there. So now you have this season that is a little bit of a question mark. I mean, I think they'll get him involved. I mean, he's going to have a role this year. Certainly. I mean, helping to take a little bit of the load off of Derrick Henry. Um, you know, he's a third round selection by them, but I, it's hard for me to see this guy as like a long-term piece because I've just, you know, Jay Ajayi lives in my brain and, you know, obviously Todd Gurley is on this spectrum as well in a totally different vein as a number one, you know, one Oh one selection, even at that point, he's a nuclear weapon for a few years, and then he's just out of the league. And so I think Tyje Spears is a very – I see him as a very short-term piece. 
Can he be productive? Can he be worthy of a second round dynasty selection as a, you know, a running back that has like two or three years of production? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but he's not a guy that I see as, you know, a top five running back in this class because uh, of the situation in Tennessee. I, I see him more as a, uh, you know, kind of t- top of the third round, may- maybe 24th, 25th overall type of a player. He's my RB5. Boom. I got him in the middle of the second round. Uh, you can't tear an ACL you don't have. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but so the the way I see it is you're hoping for three, four years of production out of your running back, and you're probably throwing him out after that anyway most of the time and that's if it hits so if you can get uh, he's not going to play much this year i can tell you that i mean he's going to be taking practice reps obviously he's going to be it's not going to be easy (laughs) i'm not saying that but he's not going to be taking as many in-game live reps because they do have derrick henry like you said who is the terminator so he could be playing (laughs) next year in tennessee we don't know don't expect them to because they have a new front office and they could be moving forward with Ty J Spears. But I just, it's a dynamic player on a team that needs offensive talent that is going into a new phase. It's decent draft capital. It's, I mean, third round pick. He's 81 overall, so another top 100 player. So, I mean, you can catch passes. It, it all is kind of lining up to be productive, to have fantasy production. And, I mean, his knee grinds down, and then we're done. But it'll be pretty exciting for a couple years till that happens. Okay. So, that was my number seven. My number six is accounted for. Yep. Where are we at on your list? I wait. I misnumbered my my players. I, I was like, uh, are you, you? There's no way you're no, dropping one of these guys out of the. No, no, I misnumbered my players. Oh God, it's okay. You did the th- it's you all did the just thing. down one. You did it's the all thing. Th- I did the thing. It's all down one. It's fine. Everything is okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> I was like, so- I was like, wait. I recounted. I'm like one, two, three. Yeah, so I don't have Tucker at ten. Tucker's at eleven, so everybody just moves up or moves down a spot. We just hit the honorable mentions a little early. That's, yeah, you know that's fine. Yeah, I got Chase Brown in there. I feel be- I feel better that Chase Brown's my RB nine. That feels yeah. right. There you go. So Ty J Spears okay. is my RB six. Six. Yes. Okay. All right. So. Roshan is my six. We talked about that. Yep. So then your number five. We are moving into the top five officially. Yes. My actual real number five, not clickbait, is Kendra Miller of the New Orleans Saints. So he was another third round pick. This was one of my guys through the process. He was sitting around four or five pretty much 
then through the rankings after the film and he was one of your guys too and then you decided that you didn't like him anymore and okay you know, it's like andy i don't want to play with you anymore I've with never once said that this said is he's not... got stiff hips and he dances too much and so now i'm championing kendra miller as my guy and he's on the saints which is a nice landing spot because i saw a video of alvin kamara and his friends beating the shit out of somebody in an elevator so he has to be getting some form of punishment eventually we would have to expect because we all saw it and we've all seen what the nfl does with players that have these kind of clean cut assault cases so kendra miller is going to be a starting running back pretty soon so kendra miller top around two he's my 13th overall player in my rb5 it's a new tier for me and my number five player is Kendra Miller. Uh, it, it jumps dramatically. I have a cluster. The Roshan Taijay tank cluster is a you know tail end of the second, early third group. Kendra is fifteenth on my board right now because I like the, I love the player. I love this player, and I really wanted to see him go to a spot like this. I think I even said that when we talked about it on our uh, pre-draft rankings episode that I was being cautious with these running backs until I saw what happened and exactly what I wanted to happen with Kendra did. Like you said, Alvin Kamara, I mean, we don't have any idea what's going to happen, but none of it seems good. And Kendra is, is a young player. I, that's been a topic we've brought up a few times here. This is a player that when he was drafted was 20 years old. So there is time here even if even if this year isn't the one, even if it is a lot of you know Jamal Williams this year, if Kamara isn't available, that's totally fine because long term, I see this as the starting back for the Saints, and I think he has the talent to do that. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the ability. I think he can lead this backfield, and yeah, I I I. Like I said, top of the second, Kendra Miller. He is the next running back up after uh, the top group. And, again, even if nothing happens with Alvin Kamara, which would be shocking, right? they still need to get off of that contract. Yeah. No, it's... The Saints need... We've talked about... I've talked about this at length. Like, the Saints have been committing treason against Roger Goodell with their cap management and they're going to need to figure it out pretty soon or they're going to have some sort of uh, there's no way that they have like don't have a money money laundering scheme or something going on there <laughs> with all of the like super lucrative contracts that they have there so eventually they're going to have to get off of this contract he's get, only getting older so country miller we're feeling good Number four. Number four. I'm curious, man. Well, I... Th uh, oh, okay. This is the big one. This, this is, is kind of the big one, isn't it? This is the big one. Well, my RB4 is my 10th overall player. It is the running back for 
the Miami Dolphins, Devon A. Chain. So let's uh, let's have the conversation because obviously this is where we could have said Zach Charbonnet or Devon A. Chain. I'm going Devon A. Chain because man he's still still just a little guy number one uh number two there there's rumors that delvin cook is in the plans for the dolphins and he is getting a post june 1st cut designation so it sounds like there delvin cook might be a dolphin in that once the season comes around and if not, then this is Devon A. Chain, and he will he should move up. But as of now, I'm hedging my bets, and I'm just saying I don't know for sure if this is a starting running back. If he is, then good golly, this is going to be crazy, but I'm still not certain. I didn't factor any of the noise about what's going on with the backfield in. I am viewing this as the player that will get premium touches in this scheme and i still have a chain at number four i think we're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about it i love a chain you you know that i've been talking about this player for a very long time the only thing about him is the size everything else is is so clean and honestly it's because of that that makes me not even care that much about the size because he's such a crisp runner between the tackles with his vision and his ability to move laterally he can and break more accelerate. <laughs> you had to say it one more time this year. One more time. Well, it's a running backs episode. You know, got to send him off. Um, even then, man, I could not. I sat with this one for a while. I could not justify the discrepancy in talent between him and my next player, regardless of situation. And we'll talk about that because it's, it's the hottest topic of, of the draft so far with rookie drafts is our, what I'm presuming is your number three and my number three running back. Um, but to talk first about a chain, I mean, man, it's a dream scenario. I mean, there there was a there was a situation here where the NFL drafts this guy as an undersized player, as in into a into a backfield that already has a, a running back kind of in place, and you start to wonder, you know, where can we really take this guy? And in this case, I mean, it, it was the dream that we were asking for for a long time, which was a chain into the Mike McDaniel offense in Miami. I mean, I, he's number eight on my board. Um, I, I, I'm so excited to see what he can do there and how they use him because, you know, five, eight, one eighty eight, it is a thing. And we're going to find out what Mike McDaniel thinks he can do with this player Right now, I'm just trusting that he thinks he's a Lamborghini and he's going to throw him out there and he's going to get him into space and that this player, A-Chain, is going to have some huge plays um, and that'll be good enough, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think what you can expect is a boom-bust player. 
And that's if he's a starting running back. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a 20-plus carry player. Like, that just doesn't feel super realistic as a 190-pound running back that's five foot eight. And like I said, the tackle breaking is an actual concern. It's not just a meme. It's something that's like, <laughs> man, I, I want him to break more tackles because then I could feel better about them giving him 20 carries. But, I mean, the quick game in Miami is nice. The RPO game is nice. You had the corpse of Raheem Mostert going crazy. So, A-Chain will be just fine. The Like I said, what worries me most is if they add a running back, and a, by a running back, I mean Delvin Cook or Zeke or something that is going to get Vulture some touchdowns and get more carries than they should, and then you feel a little bit worse about taking Devon H in the first. Yeah, I mean, it could be more of a, a bit of a long game here if that if yeah. that happens. Yeah, I'm still comfortable with it, and, I, and you know, I – he's going to get involved in the pass game as well. So I think there is a little bit of that floor raising to a chain where they're going to get him some touches in the pass game. Um, even if it doesn't all come in that, you know, heavy workload. So yeah, I I'm excited about him, but I'm also excited about Zach Charbonnet and I don't care what the haters <laughs> say. I'm not moving him any lower than RB3 in this class. I, I can't do it. On principle, I have a very high grade on Zach Charbonnet. He got second-round NFL draft capital. I don't care about Ken Walker. <laughs> I think Charbonnet is going to eat in this backfield one way or another. I mean... Oh, this is a this has <laughs> been a conflicting. It's been tugging at my my soul since draft day. Because yes, he went fifty two overall in the second round. He also went to the Seahawks, that has an established game with Ken Walker, but then at the same time. They can use two running backs. They did it with Penny and Carson when they were both healthy for the eight minutes that they were healthy together. So, but in all reality, these two players can work together. They, it's as simple as that. And we go back to the thunder and lightning of ETN and Tank, but just juice it up a couple levels because... Charbonnet is the thunder, Ken Walker is the lightning in this scenario, but Charbonnet is also better on the goal line. He's also a better pass catcher. So you can see Charbonnet getting third down work, goal line work, short yardage work, and then you start to see Charbonnet just get a lot of work man and then Ken Walker starts being the change of pace guy and then you feel pretty good you feel pretty good about I mean the Ken Walker people don't feel pretty good but the Charbonnet people are like man I got the same player that I would have got just at a discount and 
So as you see him sliding down that first round board, ooh, that's it'll feel pretty good to hit draft on him at 108. Well, that that's the more important question here is where do you have him? Where are you taking him? So I have him at seven on my board. I think I want to put him at six just from now talking, but it's, it's like right in that, right in the middle of the first. I have him at seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, the wide receivers keep them there, you know, four to four through six. That's fine. But I'm not letting Charbonnet fall any further than that because yeah, it, it, the, the talent is just too, it's too extreme. And I'm going to maintain that this is worse news for Ken Walker than it is for Zach Charbonnet. I'm going to keep beating that drum. I'm going to get told by a lot of people that it's the other way around. That's not the case. I'll believe it when I see it. This player is special in my eyes. I agree. I I mean, I I didn't see it at first, but as you think about it more, it starts to make a lot of sense that the, the only so the problem that I come to is are we like with this offense is there too many miles to feed in general because and this is a year one year two problem mostly but two years is a long time when it comes to a dynasty running backs especially someone that stayed in school an extra year so you look at dk jackson lockett ken walker charbonnet that, that is five guys that are projected to be fantasy relevant they can't all be i i don't expect that to happen so we're saying Charbonnet cuts into Ken Walker's role. So that takes one out, and then we're looking at four guys. It's going to have to be a damn good offense is basically what I'm saying for this to all work out. Well, what, what do we know about Pete Carroll? They want to run the ball. So if anything, I think the wide receivers might be the ones kind of taking a step back because you have Geno and you like what you saw last year. But I think now you bring in another premier talent in the running back room. Now you can pound the rock and they can really rely on the run game and the play action game. I mean, I think if anything, and we'll eventually get to talk about this, but JSN, I mean, this year I think could be pretty slow going for him as they kind of work him in and, you know, Lockett's still there and, and they're not going to play the same role. I mean, Lockett, you, you could get Lockett out on the flanker and put JSN in the slot and Lockett's taking the top off. JSN's working underneath and DK's, you know, on the other side playing the X going down the sideline. I mean, there's a way for all of these players to coexist. In fact, they fit very well together, but in terms of statistics, I don't think it's going to be a lot of volume for each of them. I think it's going to be very spread and I think you're going to get a lot of run game. And I think that is, it's good news for you know, for both of these guys, Ken Walker, Charbonnet, I think there is a path where each of these guys has relevance, fantasy relevance this season and beyond. I like that. Number two. This Number got two. pretty clear cut. Yep. 
it, you know, we, we both had Zach Charbonnet as our number two running back when we talked about pre-draft rankings, but a player gets taken 12th overall. You got to kind of follow the, follow the marbles as they roll. So is that an expression? I haven't heard that one before. I'm going to trade. That's trademarked now. <laughs> follow the marbles as they roll. As man. they roll. Sure. All right. <laughs> I'll never say it. <laughs> <laughs> Jameer Gibbs. Tell me why Jameer Gibbs is a good player. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is a good player because he runs fast and uh, he is cool. And he wears number one, which is also cool. No, uh, Gibbs is a a game breaking kind of player. We talked about a chain where he is, you know, he always has a shot. He's a home run hitter. I think Gibbs has is like a chain in that sense, but also has a lot more nuance and is a special pass catcher. I think it, it kind of has gotten lost a little bit in this whole, you know, analysis period between January and now that Gibbs is an exceptional pass catcher. And we can't let that. And that, that's why he gets taken at 12, because he's more than just a running back. And our number one, we'll talk about that is a different story, but. The, these teams are looking for their dual threat guy. They're looking for somebody that can affect the game in multiple ways, somebody that can be a Swiss Army knife, someone that can make Jared Goff's life easier while they have him, Hendon Hooker's life easier if he's a, their quarterback in the future. And Gibbs is going to do just that. He is a, I mean, he's going to bust this offense wide open. There, we talk about the uh, lack of targets there with Amon Ra and basically nobody else until Jamison Williams comes back from his suspension. Gibbs is going to be getting a lot of targets, man. So I, I like this a lot. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's reports that they're going to like use him out of the slot, use him as a wide receiver, you know, I mean, and, and I hope they do. I really do, because he is the definition of an offensive weapon. I think that was one thing with Gibbs where pre-draft, you're trying to kind of understand what his role is in the NFL. And I think he went to a situation where it seems like, based on the reports, that they're going to use him in that sort of jack-of-all-trades role. I mean, obviously we know about the sort of offensive renaissance that happened in Detroit last year with Ben Johnson. Now you add even more speed. I mean, Jamison Williams, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, talk about speed on this team, man. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm just excited to see, you know, how he's utilized. He, you know, he immediately pushes Deandre Swift out of town. Yeah. That There's was nothing, <laughs> nothing to worry about there. <laughs> David Montgomery might cut into some of the goal line stuff. You know, we're going to find out how that kind of factors into his, you know, overall fantasy production. But, um, yeah, in terms of the talent, in terms of the landing spot, all of it, I mean, it's all very exciting. Uh, he's a top three player in the class for me. Yeah, yeah. He's also top three for me. He's, man, 
I didn't expect it. I'm going to be just totally frank. I was expecting high round two capital, but when he went off at 12, it was shocking. We we looked at each other. We were like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, that is insane. Right. There was like some late buzz that like, oh, Gibbs might, you know, he might be a first round pick. And it's like, oh, damn. Like, okay. Like getting in the 20s, maybe there. Someone's going to trade up, yeah. maybe. No. <laughs> no 12. Lions said, we're, we're taking this guy. Yeah. Well, that we leaves are. one player, man. I, I'm never going to get sick of talking about Me him. I, I'll never get sick of it. I'm going to be sad when we, when it's over you know, when, when this is over. So I'm going to, I'm going to relish this moment here. Uh, are you going to relish it or are you going to mustard it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I see what you did. That was pretty bad. That was, that was was like a six out of 10. That was quality. (laughs) It's like better than watch the marbles roll that you're being way too kind saying that's a six out of 10. (laughs) Bijan. Robinson, man. I mean, what can you say? What can you say? I mean, the landing spot, it's all perfect. I mean, it it happened. We talked about it, obviously, at post-draft. I mean, going top 10, it was was written in the stars. There's no way that this player was going to fall out of the top 10. He didn't. Atlanta is the team that takes him. It's a dream spot with this Arthur Smith run game. They've built it up offensive line is in place it's it's you know they got and and they draft Matthew Bergeron the second they're adding even more run blocking juice to this line I mean everything you could ask for here I mean what more can you say about Bijan Robinson there the the moment that Atlanta was on the clock it was like what if (laughs) what if they actually do it you know, we we talked about it like you you mentioned we we said he was going to go top 10. We said he might go to 8 and then they do the thing. Man, they don't care about everybody else's board. Atlanta. They just should they go quarterback? Nope, don't. You know what we want? The number 1 player on our board. And that's Bijan Robinson. And the reason for that is because he's damn special. And if you want to talk about positional value, and this was a bad pick because I don't care. Because you know what's going to be cool? Watching number seven dominate everybody. Because they have an incredible run offense with Tyler Algier. So I can't even imagine what it's going to look like with Bichon. So I, I mean... I can't wait. Like, this is going to be – the Falcons are going to be appointment television with Desmond oh, yeah. Ritter at quarterback. I mean, you got – Terry – the job that Terry Fontenot has done here, I mean, if nothing else, he has made the Falcons must-see TV yeah. because you're not going to want to miss out on a team with this much elite – firepower on the offensive side of things and you know they might not have the quarterback quite yet but I feel like Desmond Ritter (laughs) with the talent around him man (laughs) it might not you might not even need it and you know 
I'm just excited to see Bijan get a ton of touches in the run game and the pass game this year. I mean, he has legitimate RB1 overall upside as a rookie. We've seen it before with Saquon. It's in the cards for Bijan this year. Absolutely. So you take this player at one and you just sit there and smile the rest of draft day because you just got a franchise altering player. Uh, Bijan is the first and only player to be the Dynasty RB1 before making his debut. That That is a fun fact. Uh, nice. He was going as the 105 in non-Superflex startups. So that's behind Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, and A.J. Brown. He might be higher than that now because that, that this uh, was a bit ago, but... This is when you say the word generational, which we have our qualms about. This is what you're talking about. Right. A, a guy like Bichon. So yep. you see the best prospects in Saquon. You and it, I just I wish I had one <laughs> number one pick. Like I got to watch somebody else like have this player. And it's going to be a team that stinks, too, and <laughs> that just makes me sad. I need to join another league that's doing a startup and then just hope that I have a top I six know. pick. I, w- I just, <laughs> just did a startup of a new league, and it was a super flex startup, and I had the 102. Oh, I thought God. about it. <laughs> I thought about I took Josh Allen, but I thought about it. I was like, you know, <laughs> I could just take Bijan. And then I'd have Bijan. Yep. But it would have been irresponsible. I should have done it. I'm going to trade right. Josh Allen for Bijan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Man. So, yeah. I mean, it's literally since last July till right now in May, it's Bijan. And it's always player. been Bijan. So. But, man, this running back class is very interesting. I don't know that it was – I don't know that breaking it down now post-draft is, like, as groundbreaking as, like, what it what we kind of thought it might have been when we did initial rankings once upon a time. But that being said, man, there are guys in the second and third round even – that can make an impact and have paths to potentially even more than that uh, for for a dynasty team. So it's an exciting draft at running back. Let's let's make it clear. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the this class shines in its depth, and yeah. a lot of people are going to be happy that they've been saving up these draft picks, even like. The only spot that I don't love is like the late second. That that's where it's like a little iffy. Like you either feel like you're reaching on guys. We talked about that where it's like, well, you go get your guy, mm-hmm. but you, you might not feel super great about the value. And then early third, same kind of thing. It's like, but then you get I don't know. There's just there's so many names that you feel. Like, once they're on your team, you're like, you know what? I could talk myself into this player. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so 
I'm I'm gonna run through my top ten. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I, have I have to do, to the, do same. the same because I've messed it up so bad. I'm probably confused everybody. So my top ten running backs in the 2023 draft are number ten Zach Evans, number nine Izzy Abanacanda, number eight Tank Bigsby, number seven Tajay Spears, number six Roshan Johnson, number five Kendra Miller. Number four, Devon A. Chain. Number three, Zach Charbonnet. Number two, Jameer Gibbs. And number one, Bijan Robinson. All right. So, actually, for real this time, my RB10 is Zach Evans. My nine is Chase Brown. My eight is Roshan Johnson. Seven is Tank Bigsby. Six is Tajay Spears. Five is Kendra Miller. Four is Devon A-Chain. Three is Charbonnet. Two is Gibbs. And one is the man himself. Boom. Okay, so we got a little bit ahead of honorable mentions. We've, you've already shouted out Sean Tucker. He would have been one of mine as well. Yep. I shouted out Chase Brown. You had him on your list. Anybody else that you feel inclined to mention uh, so the only other player in my top 48, my only other running back is Eric gray on the giants. So this is interesting because Saquon, the future is a little ambiguous there in New York could be seeking a new contract could move on after this season. So there's just a role question that's up in the air. And he was a fifth-round pick, so, I mean, there's not – you don't love that, but we talked about a few fifth, sixth UDFAs in here already. So I I don't love Eric Gray as a player, but, I mean, it's it's something. It's it's interesting. There's a role available there. So I have him as a uh, – by RB13. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's one where the situation supersedes the talent a little bit. I don't like Gray really, um, but a guy that you know worth a stash at the very least. Just see what happens. Um, for me, that player is Dwayne McBride. Yeah. Um, I don't. Kn- I haven't finalized my like fourth round quite yet of rankings. I don't know if he's going to slot in there, but. I think it's at least interesting to consider a guy like McBride who, I mean, some people really like McBride. I'm a bit lower on him than some other folks I've talked to and heard about. Um, but at the Caleb. same time, huh? Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Keel pro. Um, but Minnesota, uh, interesting because like you said, Dalvin Cook potentially on the way out. I mean, we kind of expect that at that uh, at this point. Um, Alexander Madison is there for the next two years. Just signed the new deal. Uh, wasn't big money or anything, but I think he would be the starter if Cook goes. Um, but McBride then kind of becomes the interesting, you know, number two there with potential to maybe become more than that. And I think, you know, as a runner. His talent as a runner is is good. I like Dwayne McBride's talent. I just think there are some qualms about his game, specifically turning the ball over, which is a huge problem for him. 
that kind of suppresses his overall, you know, grade for me because that's such a big deal. <laughs> like you, you're not going to see the field if you can't hold on to the football. Um, but he's an interesting runner. So he's one I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah. I, I don't know if I love McBride. It's, I don't know. His tape is like, you look at the box scores and it's like ridiculous. The numbers that he's putting up and then you watch it and it's pretty, you know, it's fine. Like, doesn't doesn't make your your heart beat a little faster you know it's not like Bijan's tape you know you see 220 yards you know you're in for a show when you're you comparing watch. a day three player i'm comparing john robinson well i'm talking about when you look at a box score and then you watch the tape all right when you watch it. a band of Kanda, all right we'll talk we'll go with a more modest okay. comparison when you see a band of Kanda break a record at pitt and it's like 300 yards and six touchdowns and you go watch tape. It's like, Oh, this is fun. And you go watch McBride and it's like, Oh, this is not as fun. But like you said, the situation supersedes the talent. So if Dalvin moves on, which all signs are pointing to, then we'll, we'll see if he can, uh, you know, take the reins from Madison who has been, you know, the number one handcuff behind or number two handcuff behind Tony Pollard all these years. So see if yeah, Alexander Madison might be a starting running back. Fun. Fun. Yeah. I'm ready for it. All these years people have been hanging see, out. See, this is well. the thing. You draft a guy like Madison in the fourth round three years ago, and now you're the it's finally gonna pay off here. That that could yeah. be one of these guys. Exactly. In three That's years. That's gonna be uh a band of Canada? No. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Why, Why not? not? Yeah. Exactly. Why not? Sean Tucker. Uh. But yeah, that's that's probably about it. I there. You know, there's other running backs. Obviously, you can talk about here, but none that I'm really too keen on. So we'll keep it there. We'll keep it. We'll keep it right there. Um. So, running backs, deep as hell. Like you said, very excited to get to the some some people are drafting already i don't know if i like that but uh excited to get into draft season here and kind of watch the adp on some of these guys move around see where guys end up uh it'll be interesting especially with how many of these situations are not entirely clear but you might like the talent a little bit more um next week colin you know what's coming it's the wide receivers and that conversation as impactful as some of these running backs might be, the wide receiver conversation might just be the wild, wild west. I'm I'm not expecting us to be like lockstep on uh, on on our top tens or anything, and we might even expand that out because there's you know a lot of wide receivers in this class to be mindful of in the drafts this year. So um, yeah, I'm excited to talk wide receivers next week. I'm also excited to watch to watch wide receivers i'm not i'm not watching <laughs> get, wide receivers. get caught up man <laughs> I, wa- I watched them already I, I decided to talk wide receivers and yeah there's there's a lot of names here and a lot of guys that could go anywhere honestly like you could have a guy wide receiver six that i have wide receiver 14 like yeah. that's the type of thing that is going to be interesting next week i think the running backs there's like a top five 
and then the tear break, and then there's another couple, and it, it seems like they're in clusters. But with the wide receivers, it's like, man, you got the first rounders. Do what you want after that. It, that's yep. how I feel. Yep. So that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to that conversation next week. Until then, follow us at camp underscore dynasty on Twitter and camp dot dynasty on TikTok. Also check out the YouTube channel, which is just camp dynasty. The pods are going up last week. Quarterback rankings is up. So if you want a little bit of a visual, it's there. Um, and of course, like follow subscribe, uh, rate review the podcast because that's the bread and butter baby yeah share book share Might, maybe uh, even share if you're feeling generous yeah screenshot uh <laughs> screen record bad takes now that we're yeah. on youtube uh yeah, send it send us into freezing cold takes we, don't make we, fun we of my appearance <laughs> You're always asking for the punishment, man. I said don't. I said don't. Don't make fun of my appearance. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's been fun talking about running backs this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. We'll see you next week.